Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Matt from Mount Joy, welcome to Headliner Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, how have the last few weeks been for you? It's been it's been a little bit, you know, weird, as I'm sure things are weird with everyone all over the world. But, you know, we're releasing an album um, into a pretty weird space right now. So it's been interesting trying to figure out, like, what is the best way to, to reach people now? And is there a good way to reach people now? And uh, trying to be creative. So it's been a little weird, but it's been okay. Yeah, I mean, one of my questions was going to be that, for obvious reasons, a lot of artists are kind of holding music back for when they can do album release shows and the supporting tours, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Was that ever a conversation for you guys, or were you always intent on just cracking on with it regardless? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a conversation. And for us, I think it was just kind of, you know, we had made this record and worked really hard, and we really feel strongly about it. And it felt like, obviously, you know, you want to release a record and be able to tour it that's such a huge part of promoting the record but you know at least here in america frankly from the beginning um it's been clear that you know just we're doing a terrible job in terms of uh controlling this virus and predicting when that would be over and how long you'd have to wait to release that music and and it just seemed like you know what let's put it out and, and just figure out whatever the new normal is and try to promote within that yeah, I mean, I definitely tip my hat to any artist still releasing music because obviously it's going to be less of a kind of financial success. But I mean, if the world's ever need music, it's right now. I'm sure you'd agree with that as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and for us, you know, we don't feel like we're a band or, uh, you know, artists that are, you know, in this massive cultural you know, moment like an Ariana Grande or, or someone who's just so massive that, mm. you know, we need to fit into some, uh, you know, earnings machine for us. We do feel more like we have this fan base that's really supported us and, and has given us really life as performers and artists. And if we're holding back the music, we're only holding it back from them. So, yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, if you wouldn't mind, could you just um, just let the people know who you are and also who Mount Joy are as well? Yeah, um, my name is Matt Quinn, um, and I play in the band Mount Joy, um, and we uh, got started probably three, I guess, four, three, four years ago now, uh, released an album, um, and uh, basically changed our lives from working day jobs to getting to tour uh, America and, and Europe a little bit too in the UK, um, and we're on the verge of releasing our second album, which is called Rearrange Us, on June 5th. I'd love to know what those day jobs were, if you're happy to share that information. With us. So, um, basically, the band formed between uh, myself and Sam Cooper, who was my a friend of mine growing up uh, mm. in the Philadelphia area. And he was working as a lawyer. He was uh, uh, not loving it and had moved to Los Angeles to basically kind of like give up practicing law and try to find something else. Mm. Um and I was actually going the other way. I was working a day job in the sort of legal world, I suppose. And then I, at night, I was doing law school night classes. Um, and, you know, when uh, our, the first song we released was Astrovan, we put it up and it, it kind of it had fairly immediate success in terms of like it went viral or whatever on Spotify. And, um, and at that point, you know, about a month into that, I... I dropped out of law school and quit my job and we, we went on some 
some tours, and it's kind of the rest is, is history, to use a cliche. romantic story is that the musicians like working as a barista or in some horrible bar and then they're delighted to leave that job but but you both sounds like you're delighted to leave law even though that's such a respected job you know yeah you know i mean i think both of us grew up playing music um playing music together uh and and writing music and and had always dreamed in some way shape or form to make it work and had sort of failed you know had and i had worked at a restaurant and 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 uh and done music, and, and I sort of had that failed. Uh, I sort of failed at that uh, romantic artist, uh, I guess, beginning once before, and um, oh, and you know, I guess for, for me, I'd sort of turned to uh, trying to. I guess, yeah, I, I was trying to become the lawyer, and I don't know. You'd have to. I think Sam just, just always sort of nagged at him that he wasn't playing music even though he was like you said in a, in a fairly successful job mm. so yeah we mentioned you've been putting out new music quite quite a fair bit of new music um the most recent being my vibe which had a music video as well if i'm not mistaken yeah um we uh it's interesting the the, the music video that we made was i think the second one we've made with a guy named steve gerard who does all of our album art as well um, which we feel like is a big part of sort of not just the aesthetic, but just kind of our band in general and, and the, the brand we've built around the band. Um, Steve is a friend of Sam's from college um, and just does incredible visual art. And um, we were super excited that he, you know, signed on to make a video for us just because he's one of those guys and artists where you can't really give him any direction. He won't really take it. And he's just got such a weird and funny funny mind and uh we were super pumped how it turned out yeah i mean looks like it was a ton of fun to make that video <laughs> yeah, i'm sure I'm sure yeah, it's a ton of fun it's funny people ask me like you know what did you guys you know what were you guys thinking for that video and it's like the thing about steve is just like i said it, i wasn't really able to think anything so i'm watching it laughing just uh, along with everyone else imagining him making it mm. when you choose love over that was acrobats um now that's a song about panic attacks is that right yeah um you know we it's interesting we we were sort of thrown into what i think a lot of bands are thrown into after you have any amount of success on a first album you tour it so hard that you know you say yes to everything and, and sort of the first album cycle just sort of dumps you into like well where's the second album uh, without much time to really sit down and write so 
some of the writing, especially in that one, um, Sam and I really started putting ideas together. And even just for me, it was an exercise of like uh, trying to write a song about it, like a specific moment. And and I think for that for that particular song, it was you know just uh, thinking back to a panic attack, and and the panic attack sort of loosely was about music and life or whatever. I mean, I don't really know what precipitated it, but uh, when Sam showed me the some of the guitar parts he was working on, um, you know, we it, it sort of reminded me, I guess, of, of going through that moment. And, uh, and, and yeah, I think uh, it was fun to kind of make a song that almost scored a moment in a way. Uh, lyrically, were you sort of actively trying to portray Panic Attacks musically with the instrumentation stuff as well? Yeah, I mean, I think we had this idea that... Um, the song sort of breaks out into a bit of a jam at some point. Um, and I think the idea for us was to just sort of try to create this swirling effect where, uh, at least for me, thinking about that moment, it, there's this sort of rush of, I guess, anxiety and blood and, and just panic, obviously, to use the word, hmm. that sort of swirls around you for a second and sort of captures you. And we were trying to just find a way to to feel that frenzy in music a little bit. Um, and you, know, you have this voice in your head. I think for me was the idea is you have this voice in your head that's maybe trying to calm you down or like count five things in the room or trying to remember strategies to get you out of it. But then there's this sometimes just this wave that overcomes that and you just sort of have to ride it out. Hmm. I mean, on that kind of note, I, I understand mental health is quite a big topic for you in, in music. And I suppose, yeah, now more than ever, how are you approaching um, keeping your mental health in the best shape you can in this kind of mad situation? Right? You know, I've read a little bit, um, a couple of stories about, um, you know, how for a lot of people <clears throat> with certain mental health issues, um, you know, obviously this is a, a time of a lot of anxiety, but um for, for certain people, I know it, it's actually been somewhat relieving in the sense that a lot of anxiety um, that people have, at least on a daily basis, is related to sort of preparing for the worst or, you know, expecting the worst or, or getting stuck in these sort of feedback cycles of, you know, the what ifs. And sometimes I think when these moments become, at least here in America, I know it's been, it's been terrible in the UK as well, um, when things do actually in the present become very bad i think sometimes you know it can be a little easier to feel like okay you know i'm in this moment now and, and it is bad and just trying to be more present and um and be appreciative of, of the things that that are working in your life and you know obviously that doesn't work for everyone but but for me it's been it's been 
it's been interesting to see how, you know, sometimes actually in the storm, it's a little easier to be less anxious. Obviously, there are other emotions, but anxiety for me has, has been actually, it's been okay. Well, yeah, because I guess it's giving everyone such a big opportunity to slow down a bit, you know, and it sounds like that's sure. been a benefit for you as well. For sure. I mean, you know, obviously I would love to be out. We would love to be out playing shows and getting the summer festivals going and, and doing all the things we plan to do. But, you know, I, I think, and maybe they're few and far between, but there, there have been some positives to, you know, to the, the world really slowing down, like you said. Hmm. I mean, it's kind of the polar opposite of what you were describing earlier when you guys had your first album out and then suddenly it's like, just do this, do this, etc. And it, you get a bit caught up in it. Don't you, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for us too, it, it's like, it, and, and I'm sure for a lot of artists, you know, there's two sides to it. There's the, there's of course the negative, which is, you know, you're not making money uh, if you're not playing the shows, which are a big part of your income. Mm. But then there's this other side of it, which is like, exactly what you said. I mean, one of the sort of great, I guess, conundrums of, of making music in this time period is... You know, you, you have to follow things up. You have to be prolific. But if you're touring all the time, it's hard to be, for me at least, and I think for a lot of writers that I talk to, it's, it's hard to be a prolific writer if you're constantly, yeah. you know, driving across the country or flying across the world, uh, unless, you know, you're good at riding on airplanes or something like that. But, um, you know, so it, it has been a time that I think I'm hopeful that there's this, obviously we, we get a handle on this as a world, and, uh, and, and then maybe there's this sort of, you know, great period of art that comes out from people really being able to sit with their emotions and, and try to try to create during this time, which has certainly been what I think I've turned to. And I, I know that a lot of my friends who are artists have, you know, what else can you do if you're not touring? It's sort of like the world is asking everyone to kind of create and stock things up. Mm. Yeah, I mean, personally, I feel like one of the reasons it's so important for someone like yourself to be outspoken about this stuff is, I guess, in the Western societies that we live in, we kind of sold this dream that, you know, happiness is all about career success and money and having cool relationships and things. And then I guess that kind of bursts the bubble slightly when people who have kind of achieved these things are then, you know, they're not 100% happy all of the time. So, yeah, can you speak to that at all? Is that in your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like, we, I recognize at least that I get to do a job that at least for me, and therefore I know for so many people, is a dream job. And and touring around playing music is a dream job for sure for me. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it you know, you're still just like everybody else. And, and it's cliche to say that, but if anything, I would say the the rigors of doing a job that causes you to travel a lot, often pull on people who have pre-existing mental health problems and, and maybe struggle with things like that uh, in the first place. Um, I think it makes it so that, you know, you're expected to be enjoying your job and you're living this dream job, but I think so many people sort of end up stuffing that down. They don't want to seem, uh, you know, ungrateful for the position that they have. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if anything, like you said, I feel like it's important to explain to people that, you know, just because I was able to play some shows that I dreamed of playing, it doesn't, doesn't change my anxiety disorder or anything like that or doesn't uh without the same sort of um outreach and, and counseling and, and things that that sort of everyone else should be seeking regardless of i guess relative success or whatever that means to your financial situation i think 
these sort of, I guess, intangible things in our life, like they, they don't, they don't get fixed by having any amount of success. They get fixed by hard work and friendships and, and outreach. Yeah. So it's kind of like more the simple things that bring happiness rather than these big lofty goals. Sometimes it seems like a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, I think, and, and then to your point then, I think it's, it's difficult to achieve those things for artists who are spending, you know, I think we played, you know, a couple hundred shows uh, on this last album cycle, which means that we spent most of the time not in our family situations and not with our partners and not with our friends. So I think, if anything, it, it becomes much harder for artists to to find that community and those simple things that, that, that really do anchor people. Yeah, I mean, is that something you feel um, should change in the music industry? Like... Um this relentless pressure to tour all the time and be away from home so much and those sort of things. Yeah. I mean, personally for me, I love playing shows. I love being out there. I love meeting fans. I love everything about the actual experience of playing a singular show is, you know, truly what I love to do. But I think that there, there has become, you know, not so much the, the fault of shows itself, but just the, the financial reality of not really being able to make money off of music um, leaves you sort of in this space where you have to go out and tour. And, um, and there's, there's a number of reasons why uh, people have to tour. Um, but I, I think the reality is, is that it's just the system in terms of artists making money is broken. Um, I'm definitely, unfortunately, not necessarily in a position to like outline exactly what we need to do to go forward but at the end of the day it definitely puts a lot of pressure on artists touring and touring too much and i think i think finding a healthy balance really just starts with fixing the foundation of why the system's broken and why artists feel like they need to uh, be out on the road that much and um you know obviously i think figuring out a way to just ultimately create more money uh, outside of touring is really the only answer yeah i guess what i'm gleaning from this is that it's i guess artists need that time to themselves instead of constantly being on a stage or in a press conference or doing interviews and yes yeah, that, that kind of precious time that you need sometimes yeah, it sounds like. yeah i mean if anything i think you know look at like this is i like anyone can compare it to the Beatles, but I often think about them and, and their success and how much people adore the Beatles and, and rightfully so. They, they've made just such an incredible catalog of music, but obviously the story with them is that they didn't really tour, you know, and, and to sort of put that music on a pedestal, at least in, in rock um, or psychedelic rock, I guess, is to is almost to make that point that they're making, is to say that, like, we're great art that lasts forever so you know uh that people you know universally revere came from a system where those people they didn't feel any pressure to work at all and they were me making their best music so yeah almost precisely when they stopped doing those tours because there's that great doc, uh, documentary film about their touring years and i feel like when i've watched it, it kind of almost makes you feel anxious like you see it through their eyes all the constant screaming and going from stage to stage and you kind of realise why they had to quit that lifestyle because it was just relentless for them, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think 
obviously what they were going through is not what Mount Joy was going through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Touring. But and I'm not trying to make that comparison. But I do think yeah, I mean for them they made their decision part based on security and their own mental health, I'm sure. But I get the sense into their records too that that they felt that freedom you know, they were smart and they used the fact that they knew that they you know, weren't going to have to tour to really push the boundaries of recording. And, and I, I'm not certain that they really felt confident that they could play those songs live um, because they had pushed the boundaries so far in the recording space. I guess this is all to, not to go on a, a Beatles tangent, but I'll just say that, you know, if you do have, if you do have the freedom to know that, you know, the, the main point of this record for, for most people who are making recordings of this younger band now that, that rely on the money, uh, the main point of making a record is to tour it. Um, and that definitely changes the, the artistic lens through which you make something. If you know that, you know, I'm making this to tour it and to play it live, you have to build it a certain way. Whereas, you know, maybe if there was more freedom, you would hear different types of records. Yeah, yeah. No, I just feel they're, they're a great example because that's like the sort of most extreme example of what we're talking about, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I also want to ask, I'm, I trust you've had fans reaching out to you, gratitude for, um, you know, being spoken outspoken even about these things yeah you know i i, I don't know i, I think I, I think there's two sides of it i i i, I do love touring but i think it's important for them just to know like of course we love doing it and 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 you know but you know I, for example like i think my biggest pet peeve is uh is like i've seen other bands post like, you know, i can't make the show i'm so sorry i'm gonna have to cancel you know, obviously, if someone's doing that all the time, then people get upset with that person. But, you know, you see people in the comments like, oh, I, I, my wife drove three hours, you know, how did, you know <laughs> Mumford and Sons played when they had the flu or something. And then yep. you, but to me, it's like it's such a backwards way of viewing what's actually occurring here and that these people have really like turned their lives upside down to to play shows. So it goes both ways. acoustic guitar that sounded way different than it ended up on the record but the sort of theme of it um pretty quickly started to make sense as like a theme we could kind of rally around um coming off this pretty much whirlwind tour that changed everyone in the band's lives and you know we had all become pretty close as a result of traveling together for the last few years um and i think it just sort of stuck to us that you know multiple people in the band like right before we went to record had relationships that ended um you know long-term personal relationships and then you know friendships that were on the brink and stuff like that and, and jobs that were you know totally moved around obviously and stuff like that it just felt like um 
that, that the idea that we had been rearranged as people, you know, and, and I think, you know, it was, it was easy to think about the album in terms of like, this is an album about change and, uh, you know, specifically some romantic change, but also just like how to get through change and, and see your way through to the other side as well. Mm. Yeah. And we spoke a bit about my vibe in Acrobats. Um, yeah. What else can people expect from this new album? You know, I think um, we we tried to do a, a little bit of a storytelling throughout the record. Um, it, it opens with a song that, that I know I'm really proud of and we're all really proud of called Bug Eyes, um, which I think just sort of like lets the listener know right away like um, that, you know, we've been sort of shifted around. It sort of opens with a decree that, you know, on the day you left, I could tell by your text that you were going to ruin my life, which is definitely like a sort of dramatic way of uh, opening the record in terms of, um, you know, sort of the like over dramatic response to things in the beginning when things first happen. And then, you know, by the end of it, we try to we try to hit a happy note on uh, one of our tracks, which is already released, which is called Strangers Ends the Album. And it's it's sort of this purposeful thing where we're just we're, we were trying to create a, an album that really flowed from from song to song and, and told a story about like I said just change and and how how to pull yourself out of it at times and, and actually you know my vibe is a good example of a song where you know we were kind of writing this record and realized that at, at, in the beginning we had sort of it was easy to, to put out kind of all the dark songs because that's sort of the place we were in but you know if, if we were like if this album's going to be about sort of moving on as well and truly being rearranged then we have to have some some happy songs and some songs that are just about letting yourself go and, and vibe was definitely sort of in the vein of like, let's just have a lot of fun and, and, and make a song that's fun to make and about being happy. And I think if we do that, it'll come across as a song about, you know, lifting yourself up. And I think that that one worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so this is your second album, right? Yep. Yeah. So do you feel like there's a kind of relationship between the two. How do you, um, when you stand them next to each other, how do you feel about, both those uh, records really great and and really different in the sense that i think the first one is you know when we weren't working and putting together songs in our friend's living room and recording them in our friend's garage um you know it has that feel to me it has the feel of like the beginning of something um versus you know the second one we actually have the band together for three years we tour we play hundreds of shows together um and just also i think it's just a far more polished record yeah so i guess finally as we build up to the album i guess it'd be cool to hear about how you're going about promoting a new album in this as we said mad situation um yeah how's that going you know at first i think it was pretty like heartbreaking almost to think like this was the exact opposite of probably Mm. how we would have imagined it but i think we've gotten to a point where we feel pretty pretty good about um you know just finding ways to make and, you know, whether it's been through live streams, um, we just did a live stream a couple of days ago that raised over $30,000 for charity, brought some friends in um, from other bands and, um, you know, just we're just trying to make the best of it, really. And Yeah, well, great to hear you've adapted so well, you and the entire band. Um, so everyone listening, you've got to check out Rearrange Us, whatever your favourite platform is, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And then Matt, all that's left to say is thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.